All right, so this is part three. I am super excited of our three-part series with our special guest, um, Melinda. <laughs> so <laughs> I love how aligned these podcast sessions have been with our journeys, um, especially for yours. I'm really excited to talk about some of the things that have happened since our last meeting. But before we get into it, of course, we start with our affirmations. Yes. Are you ready? You ready? I am. <laughs> so um, I, what we'll, we'll do is like, so for everyone listening, um, Marley, my daughter, gave me this part of an affirmation. What I'll do is I'll end it with this. Okay. So um, I am worthy. I am worthy. I am enough. I am enough. I am loving. I am loving. I am loved. I am loved. I am brilliant. I am brilliant. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am soulful. I am soulful. I am excited. I am excited. I am growing. I am growing. I am me. I am me. So to end it, I'm going to read the last one. It says, be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Nothing in nature blooms all year. Nothing in nature blooms all year. Love that. All right. We're going to have a great podcast. We're this is the last one. This is going to be the last one. And I'm just so excited. Um, so... This particular pop, um, session is talking about public and private practice and the differences, the do's and don'ts, the, you know, just the messiness of all the layers what, with what it comes with. And um, ultimately, I just want to start with asking, um, how are you? And how is, uh, you know, how has, since the last time uh, we spoke, on the podcast, how what have what things have changed and what are your next steps in your journey? So I feel like so much has changed since the last time we've met. Um, since the last time, I did end up having the courage to go out on my own and begin a private practice. And boy, has this been a scary journey, to say the least, but I'm ready, right? And I think the more information I have like learned and, and shout out to all the other therapists that have gone private practice, because there's so many out there that have been like loving and willing to learn and guide. Um, because, you know, a lot of this information isn't always um, at your fingertips. And they've been so amazing at guiding the way. Um, but that is kind of what's happening. Practice privado. <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> can you talk about a little bit on um, what, what um, led you to that decision? And because, you know, I got your text message and I was fangirling. I know that you cried and I know that it was like a, such an emotional decision. 
um, a very right decision for you. And one thing that I have learned is that like, if you, if you wait for when you think you're ready, you're never going to do it. So just like, walk us through what that process was like. What was that like? I guess the last thing that was just like, okay, I know this is the, this is the time. <laughs> so it's funny you say that because, um, you know, I've always dreamed of doing a private practice. Like I, I always, like I knew I wanted to work within the community. I wanted to do like agency work, um, but I never knew like what kind of like, I guess, social work I wanted to get into. Um, but the last few years, I have looked at like the system. And then I've looked at, okay, if I want to make a difference, you know, I really need to go out on my own and use like those ethics, those values, all the things that like make me me and make me do the work that I do. Um, like I need, I need to be able to do that on my own. Um, and so I always said I was going to have a plan. I always said I'm going to be prepared. You know, I'm going to save, you know, all of those things that lead to, you know, starting a new business. Um, but then one day um, I just realized enough was enough. Um, I got really frustrated by some system changes that were happening within my agency. And I, in that moment, said, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep following along what the agency wants. Um, my patients deserve more. My patients deserve better. Um, and I'm done. I need to go mm. off on my own. Um, mm. And so since then, um, I am, you know, wrapping things up at my current job. I have gone and searched for a business address, which there's so many of them out there, everyone like shout out again to the wealth of knowledge of the world and all other fellow therapists that have gone out on their own and have messaged me and was like, oh, my gosh. These are the things you need to do. Um, so I was able to find a company and rent a space where you can just rent an address. Um, mm. And with that address is how I'll create my LLC. I'll be able to create a, like a, a tax ID number mm. and I'll be able to do my provider number as well. So every provider has their own NPI um, and then you can create another NPI number that reflects the practice that you're beginning. And so mm. I'm kind of in the, the middle of all the paperworkness, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then eventually get credentialed to be paneled with, uh, you know, whichever insurance company I choose to work with, which right now is definitely um, Medicaid Husky side. Mm. Um, because again, want to work for my peoples. <laughs> and um, yeah, from there, you know, the, the sky is the limit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I love this. Like, I love this for you. I am so like, and you saw that like, I send you a gif of fangirling, but like, this is really me fangirling. Cause you know, one of the things I like, I'm so scared. <laughs> that, that one. <laughs> I love that you use the word courage. The reason yeah. that like people always feel like people that do things like this that are out of their comfort zone comfort level like it's because they they were confident about it no it it having courage means that like you're gonna do it even if you're scared shitless right like I and you know you know as someone who has been diagnosed with um, anxiety and depression like 
I've done a lot of the things that I've done with like a gut feeling that it's going to be okay. But half of me is like running, like scared mindlessly. Like, but with that fear, I can't, we cannot let that fear win. Like it just Mm -hmm. cannot. And so I'm just really excited about your journey about how, you know, like you told me the name of the LLC and I love it. And I'm just so happy of how it happens. Um, So um, the journey (laughs) to new beginnings. (laughs) Yes. So shameless plug, um, look out in Connecticut um, for those of you seeking out therapy. um, Journey to new beginnings is, on the pipeline is gonna it's gonna be um it's gonna, gonna be, happen it's, it's gonna, gonna happen be great. <laughs> so um one of thank you my dear sorry <laughs> my my cousin's trying to take care of me let it keep keep it rolling Ooh. <laughs> y'all she is having chicken and waffles she's gonna need to slide it through the zoom dms <laughs> so <laughs> so one of the things that like you know um <laughs> so yes i am having chicken and waffles uh <laughs> shout out to my cousin adi always trying to take care of me um but you know this episode it just aligns with how um you know what you're going through how it's happening and you know when when I think about reflection you know um as maybe being the first in your family or the first to do something Mm -hmm. you know you have to and you just mentioned reach out to your support system or just individuals that you like um, know may have gone through it to gain that that understanding and for me like multilingual genius has is it's an LLC I have the paperwork for all of it and a tax ID for it the only thing like I had no one to turn to Mm -hmm. for this so me googling and reading an article on top of article on top of article just trying to figure it out um like having that is like time consuming mm-hmm. and you want to be able to like just give up but i for anyone that's opening up their own business like do it do it scared <laughs> but just do it you know yeah um I want you to talk a little bit about what you were talking about, about renting an address. Like, how does that process work? Um, What does that look like? Because I don't have any knowledge of that. I do know that people do do that, that, and I don't know how. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was very interesting because, you know, with telehealth, right, with the pandemic, we're allowed to do telehealth work. And so right now, I believe the telehealth doesn't expire till the year 2023, um, but it could always be expanded. And I know a lot of our government officials are working on expanding it and making it uh, like a full-time accessible thing because, I mean, they've noticed that therapy is very successful 
by using, you know, Zoom platforms, um, by using phone treatment, like phone therapy. Um, and it all works, you know, just the same as if we were in person. And of course, there's pros and cons. And I think it's all about preference, you know, where there's people that would prefer to come in person. But then there's people like I know, like for myself, if I was ever seeking treatment, um, it, it would be difficult because I would need telehealth after 9pm <laughs> hours, because constantly working <laughs> or doing something right so um I think telehealth has been phenomenal in that sense and I think it's it's given a blessing to begin new businesses which I really do wish that they talked about this more in schools and in college because man I mean I was blindsided and if it wasn't for like the social workers before me that took a stance, <laughs> I would have never known like about this process. So I was having a conversation with one of my supervisees. Um, so one of the girls I supervise, and she shared that she had a friend that rents an address. And I said, what's this? And she's like, well, when you apply for your LLC, you need a like a business address. And many people, you know, you can choose to use your home address. But if you want to expand, they say it's better to have like like a home office address. Mm. Um, and so I'm trying to think big and, and dream big. <laughs> so I said, okay, let me let me start looking. And through the use of Google, I found, um, you know, different companies. I did end up going with a company called Regis, which was really awesome. Um, so I guess I'll pull a plug for them too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when you go in, you have like different plan options. You can just rent an address um, where they handle your mailing and um, you have like a receptionist there that can answer calls if like a, like for example for me it's going to be a lot of insurance companies that probably will do a lot of contacting or sending invoices or sending things um, and they're there to kind of like hold my mail and like let me know you know when to come pick it up or if someone's trying to reach me and then they also have other plans that you can pay for where you can you know rent an office five days out of the month um, and you use any office space that you desire that's open for that day. And you can have, you know, patients come in, other kinds of business meetings, even vendor events for other small businesses, if that's something that you're into, too. And then um, there's another plan, which is actually like renting a space, which it makes it your own, um, of course, that would be like a higher price point. And that would be once you have like an established business where you definitely want people coming in on a regular basis and they, you, you have like a full blown office. It's not a lease. It's more like a service agreement. You have your key and here you go. <laughs> you nice. know, you just follow your service agreement and you can choose to continue to renew it every year or decide to stop and, you know, lease somewhere else but it's, it's very oh. interesting. Wow. Very interesting. I, I, I'm going to try and like, see if I can, um, like, I want to go in, like, I want this to be a large thing. So yes. I didn't even think about this. Like I've yes. heard of it. I just didn't know. Um, I didn't know that this was access, you know? So like, yes. I follow a lot of like business, um, like creating businesses and blah, blah, blah. And I know this was a thing. I just didn't research enough to know. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was just like, that's not a route I want to go with. But yeah. I'm going to go definitely look into it. Um, now, yes. one of the things, uh, one thing I really want to touch on as well is 
um, this discussion, we briefly talked about it off offline on public and private practice. Yes. And what are your thoughts on the differences, um, the pros and cons of public um, sector and private sector in yeah. your in, in this field, you know, public sector, um, you know, definitely, I, I think if we look at it from a, a aspect of, you know, owning a business or working for someone, right, with working for someone, you have to, you know, kind of utilize their hours, utilize their kind of rules, expectations. But there's also like this piece on like productivity, right? If you don't hit a certain number, you know, you're frowned upon where, you know, we look at those things and we're like, wow, like, you know, this is supposed to be mental health treatment, right? Like this is therapy. Like I get it. There's like a business aspect to it on the agency standpoint um, and even in a private practice standpoint. Um, but that shouldn't be like the sole, like number one thing. Right. And mm. so what I've noticed with working at multiple agencies is um the timing that you can give treatment so whether it's like you're allowed a 30 minute session 45 minute session hour session and the one session that is like utilized in agency the most is 30 minutes um which let's be honest right with the amount of trauma that everyone is experiencing you know with the pandemic with you know the past with mental illness, like all these things combined, 30 minutes is just not enough time to cover things, <laughs> let alone once a month or every other week, right? Um, but sometimes that's all you can provide because the demand is so high, the need is out there and you wanna reach everyone, right? But you know, a caseload of 120 people, it's just not doable, right? You can't see 120 people in one week. Um, versus private practice, a little bit different, you know, you're able to pick, I guess you can say, or like, you kind of figure out like, okay, what insurances do I want to work with? What is the population I want to, you know, focus in on? What is the type of treatment I want to provide? You know, like EMDR treatment, for example, is a 90 minute session. Um, so to be able to provide a 90 minute session, you know, so that patient will get an hour and a half every single week, right? So it's, it's different, you know, and I think, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, you're like, wow, like, private practice, that can be like amazing treatment, right? But not everyone has access, unfortunately, you know, mm. and I'm hoping to bridge that gap and to provide that access, but also at the same time, creating those boundaries and creating limits where you're like, I can only manage, you know, X amount of patients a week and, and have to be able to say, you know, I have to do a wait list or I have to, you know, pause where I am because this is all mm. I can manage, you know, mm. versus at an agency, it just rolls. It keeps mm. going and mm. you can be full, but it just keeps going. Mm. which and causes that's, burnout Aren't and, <laughs> and that's one thing that I was just I I guess that me trying to wrap my head around yeah. how um everything is so interconnected right yeah. so like you have individuals who are providing this treatment providing these um heating services and they themselves are literally like burnt out they don't want to 
to like they they can't at some point because you know this is a human service so because they're human they themselves have to you know take care of themselves and do things that are sustainable um i make that connection to teaching and a lot of mm -hmm. teachers um you know a lot of teachers want to give like they want to martyr themselves and one thing that I've learned within education, within my career, within all my just understanding of everything is that like, you cannot eat from a plate that is so full that you are going to throw up. Like there's no way that you can possibly do all of the things. Yeah. Like because of the fact that these are systemic issues, it's, not one person problem there's policy that's driving that there's um you know administration or leaders who are driving these things that don't ultimately sit down and reflect on those who are on the ground right yep. and why i say that is because you have teachers who want to teach all the kids who want to do all the lesson plans and, you know, this um, individualized um, plans for every student who wants, who want to be able to provide the best teaching and education to their kids. But is it sustainable for that one person? And we're also talking money, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm clocking in, uh, you're, you're paying me for 35 hours a week, but I'm clocking 60 or I'm clocking, you know, of, of 50 and 60, that's 15 to 20 hours that you're not paying me. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> exactly. So you yeah. didn't say you have to, you mm -hmm. have to do your notes. Teachers have to grade. Teachers have to call parents. Teachers have to, or, yeah. you know, adults at home. You have to, you know, the social emotional piece of everything. And on still top manage of your real their own life. life right? Yeah. On top of their personal lives. And that is one of the major things that I talk about. Like, I say this and like, I felt like me leaving the classroom was going to be like, oh my God, I felt like I was doing a disservice. And I felt like I want to be in the classroom. I love the classroom. Like, it's my favorite place to be. Mm -hmm. But is it sustainable to my daughter? Is it sustainable to me to be so just like burnt out where I'm like irritated all the time yeah. or like I'm sitting there just like questioning everything, uh, an anxious mess. Like no one needs to live like that. No one needs to live like that. And that includes our teachers, our social workers and being able to know like, when it's time to do your thing, do your thing. Yeah. And as I feel like now, as you're owning your own private practice and essentially you expand and I'm thinking like long-term, right? Ooh. Like if you, <laughs> if you decide to take on other employees or having individuals work for you, one of the things that like, I feel like you would definitely be cognizant of I would be cognizant of is that like, what is sustainable for my right. staff? What is sustainable for my individuals? And I can say this, 
I've seen leadership that works and leadership that doesn't. I have had, and shout out to like my Bronx school, like I Mm -hmm. loved that school, but it was because the leadership was what it was, where she and her staff as a whole cared about you like as a person what you were good for um you know are you good how are you how's everything are you okay and I know for a fact that I can text call any of them and I have someone that I can like it doesn't matter how long of a time span passes I have someone that will genuinely care you know but that's one of the things that you build as a culture within your own, you know, brands as within your own, you know, sector. And that I think is created um, from leadership. Um, I'm saying that because I'm seeing a lot of differences between Uh, public schools and charter schools and I feel like charter schools we we go back to that idea of public versus private right Mm -hmm. are there amazing public schools without a doubt they are amazing amazing public schools with administration that like leaders principals who really genuinely care for their kids cares for the community like really hone in on the staff as well because one of the things that again you had mentioned and I'm mentioning as well is that like those on the ground social workers teachers you have to also make sure that you're filling their cup that they are living a sustainable life because you want longevity with them right Mm -hmm. you don't want something like a social worker who's completely burnt out because they have 60 cases and can't sustain that and their life at home you can't it's not manageable um so um you know when we talk about uh charter you know, one of the things I, I do mention is that the, the hours are so much longer. Mm. And one of the things that I feel like charter needs to do is provide a sustainable life for their teachers. And as well as, you know, running their check, like right-sizing their salary. If they are working for you 50 hours, pay them that. Yeah. And the expectation will, you will see it in their, in the way that they deliver their, their instruction, the way that they function. It's the same process with social workers, right? Like if you, if you were getting paid what you were worth and you were provided this, you know, reality of like, okay, the cap is, let's say 30, no more than 30 clients um, um, a week. Mm -hmm then you would know, okay, this is sustainable for me. I can do this. But if you were just kind of rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, it's difficult. 
It's true. Um, so how do you see, tell me your vision. That's, that's where I want to go. Tell Ooh. me your vision. <laughs> tell me your vision. <laughs> tell me your vision. Cause what now do you you're mean going by from, vision. Do I'm saying like so, dream or ideal workplace. <laughs> you could give me both. And yeah. the reason I'm asking is because, you know, we're going from talking about public and talking about the pros and cons, you know, because mm -hmm. essentially I think what public is trying to do is focus on uh, quantity versus quality. quality. And I think that for those of us who are not politicians, who are not, you know, in public sector, um, going into private what are what is your vision of yeah. your um you know llc what is your vision um for your work environment and what it looks like to you yeah I'm letting I, you dream <laughs> I, you are letting me dream i'm gonna be daydreaming over here now <laughs> i think ideally you know when i i had this conversation with my husband who um, shout out to him. He's been very supportive. And um, I tell him he's my my honorary uh, biller for me, <laughs> since I am going to be learning everything, you know, from scratch <laughs> on the like, uh, you know, accounting side, I guess you can say, and also continuing on the social work side. Um, but ideally, you know, I, I want to give quality care, I want to give the best care possible. Um, I want to be able to meet with my patients on a weekly basis for one hour sessions, 90 minute sessions at that, um, if it's EMDR. Um, I want to be able to see about 25 people per week, which is a doable caseload amount, um, only taking on, you know, what I can with you know, all the other things of my life, you know, being a mom, being a wife and, and still getting used to everything. Right. Um, so definitely don't want to put too much on my plate in the beginning. Um, but I think that would be like ideal. And, uh, eventually, you know, I, I love giving back into the field. Um, so like I, I'm constantly taking on students. Um, so I'm hoping right bigger picture, get that daydream on, um, but to be able to host students, to be able to see other clinicians who want to go off on their own and help guide them and help show them that you can do this. Um, and I know it's scary because I'm scared and I want to be able to look back and listen to this podcast and be like, wow, Melinda was so scared. And a year later is like, yes, we're killing it. We're doing it, <laughs> you know? And the idea is people get better faster when you see them consistently, when, you know, you put in the work and they put in the work with you, right? Having like a full blown, like year of like treatment weekly, one hour, like really getting into the nit and gritty, right? And I, I'm just, I'm so excited for that. I'm excited, like, and not to say that I didn't help anyone in agency world, right? Like, I'm sure, mm -hmm. you know, I made a difference there as well, but I want to make it even bigger impact, right? And mm -hmm. the only way to make that bigger impact is to go off on my own, is to hopefully grow and have other clinicians and and teach them and, and only give them what they can manage so that they don't be burnt toast because mm -hmm. nobody likes that feeling. You know, I haven't liked that feeling and I don't wish that on anyone we got so. we gotta we gotta keep uh we gotta stop uh scraping the bread <laughs> <laughs> we do <laughs> no. 
kind of stop scraping the bread, just throw it out, start from yeah. scratch, get enough. Yes. <laughs> the if it's burnt, just throw it away. Just throw it away. Botalo. <laughs> so um I love seeing your vision and I feel like I know you and I've known you for so many years that like I'm just so like again I, I just fangirl because <laughs> like if I could have like the entire world just be a Melinda I'm just like <laughs> the way you are just like a sweet person who just like cares about people and I think that that one of the Don't things make me that cry I've cried enough okay <laughs> cried enough <laughs> I think that seeing that unfold in in your passion for social work and seeing how you um you have a tendency to like humanize um you know how people are feeling and how they're there they are um it's 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 a beautiful just being in the sidelines just kind of seeing it um i'm happy you with me on this journey girl (laughs) (laughs) i I need all hands on deck (laughs) for real i I got you i got you you need anything i got you but wanna um i wanna i we're gonna end soon um but i do want to make sure that we talk about um you know how, um, you know, you talk about having your fears and having this dream and this vision. Um, What would you say to anyone, just like a random stranger who's like, I'm scared. What would you say to them on how to proceed in their life? That was beautiful. You know, I, the words, I I should say, like, the phrases that come to mind is go for it. Um, Don't let your trauma define you. Mm. Don't let your past define you. Mm. Move forward. You got this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was, I I think that that was beautifully said. And it's a beautiful way to end um, our last session. I will definitely hit you up. We will definitely have some more things to talk about once, like, you know, I really, it, it, and we talked about this offline, like how interesting the sessions have been, like completely aligned, part one, part two, and part three. And totally not even planned. Right. So, (laughs) like, authentically and just organically just unfolding the way that that they have um with the things that have been going on with you and I think that that is a beautiful place to be um I I say this all the time don't fret everything is um (laughs) uh, everything is exactly where it needs to be um so with that said I appreciate your time I appreciate you, girl. Um, I'm so excited for you. Thank um, you. I hope anyone listening, I saw some of the, the, the li- I saw, because I can get the analytics of how, who's listening. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's probably, uh, <laughs> Linda was talking about her friends. 
um, you know, I want to say that it's beautiful to, to see and be a part of this. And um, looking back, thinking about one year from today, like we can listen to this entire segment and think like, oh my God, look at where we are, you know? Right. So, oh, I'm um, excited for that year to come. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. I appreciate you. Thank you appreciate so much. you thank you for having me here <laughs> and to be like even though part three um is the end I know this will be a to be continued for a year to come <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> all right everybody love y'all bye take care bye everyone <laughs>